Sword Fencing with the Devil, part two. If you missed part one, we done a background, really. Um, we spoke of the Synoptic Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's as though they're seeing through the same eye. Things are a little different. It's as though, say, myself and maybe Paul and Johnny uh, 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 seen through, seen an accident or something happened, we give our witness in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established, but the Lord maybe would lay something in their minds telling the same story a little added to, or maybe a little missing from. And so they do not contradict one another whatsoever, but complement one another. So in Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, we'll just read a few verses. From verse 9, please. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John and Jordan. Straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered unto him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the sense of your holy presence. Thank you, Lord, that you're faithful. You're always true to your promises. You keep your word and fulfill it. We thank you, Lord, this morning that we can come in the wonderful and the mighty, most precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we're conscious that we're not just sitting in a room together in Guilford, but rather, Father, we're sitting at the feet of Jesus, at the throne of grace. And we know we're here, Lord, to be blessed this morning, to be instructed, to hear that, Lord, which is able to help us to strengthen us, to guide us, and to lead us. Father, would you speak to every heart this morning? Would you speak unto every life? Would you glorify your Son, the Lord Jesus, and all that is done, and all that is said? And may he alone be seen. Thank you, Lord, for your precious blood. Thank you, Lord, we believe, even right this moment, there's still power in the blood of the Lamb. Glorify your name. May thy spirit have his way. In your name's sake we pray. Amen. Now we looked at how Jesus here in Mark's account, verse 12, it says, And immediately the spirit driveth him, the Lord Jesus, into the wilderness. Notice, remember last week we dwelt on here, it is, that the Spirit derives him, but yet in Matthew's account and in Luke's account of this, both in chapter 4 in each book, you find it says he leads. Now, we looked at the, the difference, but the similarity and how they do not contradict each other. I can't go into it, but one thing we need to start off from, from where we go to now, is it was the Spirit that led and had driven Christ into the wilderness. And why? <laughs> to be tempted of Satan. Imagine that. We tend to think that if we are full of the Holy Spirit, that we're knocking down walls and we're 
we're walking through valleys and there's no problem and there's no worries and there's no strife. And listen, if you're filled with the Spirit, you're the one that the devil wants to stop. <laughs> you're the one the devil wants to come against. A man or woman who are just plodding along and ticking along nicely, doing nothing for Christ and his kingdom, his crown or his covenant. We find that the devil generally leaves them alone, upsets them from time to time. But as soon as someone starts to step out and stand up for Christ, you be assured the old devil is against you. Now I notice the Spirit, the Holy Spirit drives him or leads him out into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Some say the word tempted should be tried, but nevertheless, to me it doesn't really matter much because Christ was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. Some say, oh no, he just tried him. No, but Christ was man, fully man, yet fully God, and he was tempted like you are. He knows what you go through, brother. He knows what you go through in your temptations and trials, sister. Look, as God, he knows you. He knows me. As Almighty God, he knows you and he knows me. But as man, as it were in the flesh, he understands us. He understands our weaknesses. He understands our frailties. He understands that we are but dust. He understands our trials. He understands everything that comes against us. But he is the one who strengthens us to make us overcomers. Overcoming the devil, overcoming our sin, overcoming our own nature, overcoming the old man and overcoming the old woman. And listen, if that is not happening, then you need to get back to the cross. You need to go back to basics and say, Lord, where are we going wrong here? Because am I saved at all? What is going on that I keep on letting the old man rule and reign in my life or the old woman rule and reign in my heart. Christ alone should be on the throne that is within our breast. And then none other, none other should be there but he alone. Notice here the Spirit driveth him. It is the Holy Spirit that takes him to be tempted for 40 days. 40 is a number of trial and testing in the Scripture. Now, 40 days without food, because we're going to go into this in a moment. 40 days without food. 40 days without company, except for the company of wild beasts. Imagine that. Animals at night, whether that's snakes going around you, scorpions crawling over you, poisonous spiders maybe coming at you, or whether it's uh, uh, wolves or whatever it may be, bears, whatever. All of them are there. He's surrounded by everything that you and I wouldn't want to be surrounded by. He's tried in the flesh. He's tried because in the flesh, then we tend to feel our weakness. And in our weakness, we tend to say, well, you know, just once won't matter. Imagine if Christ said just once won't matter. Then he would not be the sinless son of God. If Christ had said just once, once won't matter, then you and I could never be saved because he was the sinless, spotless, impeccable Son of God, the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. Now notice, I don't want to go over and over things. First of all, there's some things we want to look at. We finished last week at 
with this, the accuser or Satanus, Satan, uh, was accusing him of things. He was coming to him and speaking into his ear to try and reach into his heart. And as this goes on, I might only get another two or three points, quick points, they're all quick. Well, should be quick, maybe not be that quick, knowing me. But we will need to do it another morning because there's 12 of them all together that I've looked and seen in this as we went through the Synoptic Gospels. So first of all, we want to look at sword fencing with the devil. The book of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17, Paul tells us of the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. Notice the sword of the Holy Ghost is the Word of God. And then in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful, or it's alive. The Word of God is living. As soon as I opened that to read this morning, there was life came out. Life to the soul, life to the heart, life to the mind, life to the man, life to the woman. All who will hear and receive, it brings forth life and light. And that's how living the Scripture is this morning. And this scripture is not just from this pulpit on a Sunday morning after we are aware of the presence of God. And it's not the scripture, it's just we're aware of it on a Sunday morning after we have sang and gathered around the Lord's table to remember him and his great sacrifice on the cross. This scripture is alive 24-7. Every moment, every minuscule moment and second of your life, this Word of God is alive, a living word. And the word, if you read it, if you hear it, if you learn it, if you sit under it, it will keep you living for Christ. One old preacher says, this book will either keep you from sinning or your sin will keep you from this book. <laughs> this book will keep you from sinning, brother. This book will keep you from sinning, sister, or else your sin will keep you from this book. You know why? Because we'll hear things we don't want to hear. Because right. the living word will speak to your living heart. And the living word will tell your living heart how to live, what to do, what you shouldn't do, what way to walk, and how to be before Christ. But it will also tell you how to be victorious uh, and an overcomer in the Lord Jesus Christ. So read the word. Study the Word. Meditate on the Word. The Word of God is one of the most valuable gifts next to the Word, the Christ of God, that we could have. That is the written Word, and He is the eternal Word, the Spirit Word. Notice this. It is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and is at the center of the thoughts and the intents of your heart. <laughs> this word, when we read it, God's not afraid to tell you to your face what he thinks. I want to say it again to you. When you and I read this, God is not afraid to tell you to your face exactly what he thinks. What he thinks of your situation, of your of your witness or lack of or anything. So the sword is the word and the word is the sword. If you'll turn with me to Luke's account, please. 
<clears throat> Turn with me to Luke's account, Luke chapter 4. Now, as I said, Mark doesn't really give us too much information, but Matthew 4 and Luke 4 tells us so much more. And Mark alone tells us that Jesus was alone and with the wild beast, but that's about really all he says, and the angels ministered unto him. And notice this, <clears throat> excuse me, in verse 3, we have, if you're taking notes, the slanderer, the slanderer. It is the devil said unto him, if thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. The word devil there is the word diabolos. And diabolos is where we get the word diabolical from. The old diabolical one comes along and slanders. Brother, sister, let that be a word in your ear. That if someone is slandering you, it's only the devil using them. Pray for them that they may be delivered. If someone is slandering your name and you're innocent of the charge especially, let them alone with God and don't go against them or fight with them, but rather leave them with God and pray that God would deliver them from the devil using their mouth. And by the way, don't let the devil use yours either. Every time it is the devil using it, the diabolos comes, a slanderer. He's a slanderer in verse 3. Verse 6, and the devil said unto him, unto the Lord Jesus, that is, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them. Now he is the seducer. He is the seducer. And the thing the devil wants to do, no matter our age, no matter our gender, no matter who we are, he wants to seduce you. If he can't win you over one way by the slandering, he will win you over by the seducing. He'll seduce you away from the presence of Christ. He wants to seduce you away from your quiet time with him. He wants to seduce you from serving the Lord. He wants to seduce you by not going out even when we're gathered together in meeting. He wants to seduce you away from Bible study and reading the Word of God. Because if he can seduce you away from God's presence, and if he can seduce you away from reading the Word of God, he has you weaker every moment of the day. He's the seducer. All these things will I give thee. Look, Jesus, don't worry about the cross. Don't think about the pain. What about all that stuff's going to happen to you? Listen, Jesus, here we have it. I'll give you all of this. I want to let you know that Satan is God's ape and God could have took it any time. But you and I would have been lost because Christ had to die for our sin. He wasn't seduced. Don't you be seduced either by the wicked one, the diabolos, the diabolical slanderer. And then if you look at verse 9, and he brought him to Jerusalem and set him upon the pinnacle, a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from thence. Here he is, the suggester. The suggester. So he is a slanderer. He is the seducer. 
He is the suggester. Let me tell you the way he suggests sometimes. Just once. Just once. You want to know what just once? I was on a bus run many years ago. And the whole bus, everybody on it, started taking drugs. And I was the only one not taking it. And the devil came and sat beside me and says, just once. And that was my first, and I became addicted. Just once. Just one drink. I know a man, and he was a worship leader in a church. And he came to a Christian's home who thought it was all right. We might as well just brew our own wine. And he took him into his garage, and there was his flagons of wine. And he took one down, and he poured out a drink. And he said to the man who was the worship leader, Why don't you just take a drink? And the man who was the worship leader, he says, I've never drank in my life. He says, just once. Taste it. He became a chronic alcoholic, fell down the stairs, broke his neck, and died. We're trying to help him for a long time. See, that's the just once in the life. Christian, just once. So why don't you just go out with the boys just once? Why don't you just go out into that club just once? Sure, don't even drink and sure, sure, it's it's what's done nowadays, isn't it, Christian? Just once. I can tell you many, many just once in this room where the devil has come and people have said, oh, the devil wanted me here and he tried to entice me and seduce me there. Listen, brother, listen, sister, don't give in to the just once, but rather go into the presence of the Lord. Amen. Have the word of God, the living word living in you. Just once could end in a disaster. Just once could change your life for the worse. Just once could end up with a Christian going on well with God, ruining their testimony, ruining their witness, and everyone pointing the finger at them because it was just once, because just once becomes another. Just once, which means it's twice. Just once. The seducer and the suggester, he suggests to you, do you really need to serve God so much? Do you really need to be in the house of God on a Sunday morning breaking bread? Let me suggest something to you. Do you really need to be in the house of God again on a Sunday evening? Wow, these people are, well, they're, they're way over the top. The suggester seduces and then he brings you to slander. Because those who look at your witness falling are the first to point the finger. You may be the only Bible that the ungodly will ever read, Christian. Your lifestyle. And sometimes they open a Bible and they see a man and woman living a life for Christ and they're reading that. And other times they'll open that life of that person's like open the Bible and they're seeing nothing but fanciful fairy tales because your life hasn't lived up to what Christ expects of you. Just once, Lord's Day, brother, sister, just once, listen, and listen, our place is filled. 
You are great. You are so faithful. So I'm saying this. There's others that watch this. There's people watching last week from Argentina, Brazil. Contacted me afterwards. I'm all over the world. Just once. Just once. Well, sure. You don't need to go to the prayer meeting. You don't need to go to the Bible study. You don't need to be in the house of God. You don't need to break bread this week. You know, why don't you just once go somewhere else and go and enjoy your life? This is the Lord's day. It is a holy day set apart, not a holiday. Notice, just once can drive you away from Christ. Take you further than you ever meant to go. Keep you longer than you ever meant to stay. Cost you more than you ever meant to pay. Just once. See, he is the slanderer. He is the seducer. He is the suggester. And every time he uses what? He uses the word of God. (laughs) The old devil knows the word of God. You know that? Listen, see when people come. I get them all the time online. I just ignore them. See people come and, and, and they put things online or they come up to me and they've got their Bible under their arm and they're ready to, you know, and there's no grace with them and there's no love with them. And, you know, you, you find they're, they think they're full of head word but not full of heart word. You know that meaning? You know what I mean by that? Full of head word, not full of heart word. In other words, they know about Christ but they've never known Christ. They talk a lot about him, but they don't know him from here. Who's came across people like that? Rough and rugged and ratty, just bah all the time. Bah, you know, see you out there, man. Blah, 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 you know, cross T's and dot eggs and their tongue hangs out there and slaps you around the head. <laughs> We've all been there, haven't we? Somebody about something about something else. Well, you see, when they come to me, whatever they say, okay? When they come to me, they might know the written word in their head, but if there's no grace shown and love from their heart, I do that. See what you're saying? You don't know what that is. You know nothing of the meaning of the word of God. The devil knows the word, but he twists it for his own aim. He twists it for his own gain. And you know what he does? He destroys people with it. You know, there's some people, and maybe they're not long saved, and they don't know a lot about the word. Don't you panic, because we're all growing in it. But here's the thing. How is it that when every, every time someone gets saved... And they're only saved, they're just a new baby Christian, new in the Lord. The first thing maybe someone at work or someone in the family or someone in the street, a neighbor comes up and says, well, what about this in the Bible? And what about that in the Bible? And what does the Bible say about the other thing? And what about this? And all these word problems, they expect you to know. You don't know. None of us know all the answers. Don't let that put you off. Don't let that drag you down. You see, the devil places it into their mouths to come and blah, 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 slap, 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 slap. Let it go. Go into the presence of the Lord. And with the faith from the heart that he loves you, say, Father, I just want to thank you for the blood of your son. Praise him for what he's done. 
Praise him for his goodness. Praise him for his love. Praise him for his grace. Praise him for his mercy. Praise him for his compassion. Praise him for his long-suffering, his gentleness and his kindness towards you. Praise him for all the things he gives unto you, does for you, and for who he is, your loving Heavenly Father. Praise him. Listen. This is from the devil, the slanderer, the seducer, and the suggester. He takes the sword and tries to kill Jesus with it. Now, in killing Christ, he would kill you and I. But if you look at the Lord's answer, three times he says, it is. It is written. You see, that's why we need to know the Word of God. It's not what my pastor said, or I heard this preacher say, or there was a televangelist said, Dear help us, I was sitting last night about one in the morning watching this guy in Africa. And he calls himself Prophet Manumalubalubu, something. I don't know what his name was. And you know what he's doing? He was in a room and he says, I'm going to turn money in your pockets. He says, just get ready. Just get ready. Get ready. The miracle's coming. And he waffled for about an hour. And my wallet was empty whenever I looked at it. (laughs) (laughs) And there's people, he says, I want you to take this and I want you to share it 10 times. This is the blessing coming. Share this 10 times. Share this 10 times. And you've seen the people building up and dear, help them. People from all over Africa, some from the UK, I've seen someone from the USA, but mostly in Africa. And they were saying, watching from Tanzania and watching from Zimbabwe and watching from South Africa and watching from Nigeria and watching from Ghana. And, and they're, they're, he's saying, now I tell it, I believe it, I receive it. And they're typing this up and, and just row after row after row, hundreds of them. And I was just sitting watching it. And I thought, you wolf, you charlatan. Listen, God's anointing and blessing is by grace. Given. And it isn't bought. Remember when Simon comes and he says, not Simon Peter, remember Simon a sorcerer comes and he says, how much will they give you for the anointing? And he says, your money. He says, go to hell with you. Notice here, Jesus takes the sword and he cuts the devil to bits. Here's what the devil does. Johnny, forgive me for using you a minute. And and this isn't about him, it's just an example, by the way. Okay. Johnny, I'm going to tell you something. You're never going to make this. You might as well go out with the lads. I got saved, I stopped all that. It doesn't really matter. It talks about fellowship in the Bible. You might as well if you want to have fellowship. But that's the way I end up. It's not in Christian fellowship. I bet you have to go and you have to love the sinner. Hate the sin. I will maybe I will. Johnny, there's a big ecumenical service happening. Go you down and stand with such and such. 
and hold his hand and you and him pray together and do what you just need to do together because Saul, get everybody in. Uh, Mr. Uh, Rabbi such and such is coming down here and, uh, and Mr. Sheikh Muhammad's coming up this way and Father Ted's coming up this way. <laughs> Listen, get you all among each other. But Johnny says, hold on a minute. Pulls out the sword and the spirit, which is the word of God, and he says, Wherefore come ye out from among them, and be ye separate, and touch not the unclean things, saith the Lord. Oh, here, hold on, Johnny. <laughs> See what I mean? It is written, every time he says it is written, it is written, it is written. Slice one, it is written. Slice two, it is written. With the third power, it is written. He sticks it in the devil's heart and he can't stand it that he has to flee from the presence of Christ. Even though he's weak in body, 40 days without food, with the wild beasts, so weak the angels must come to minister. And yet the word of God was still alive in him. Do you see when it comes to the time when your body is so weak? Should Christ tarry when your body is so weak and so miserably ill and you're looking at the veil of death and the valley of that shadow is before you and your body can't even think right and think straight and you're lying there, a weak, frail vessel maybe, and you're going, oh, I haven't even the, I haven't even the strength to pray. Guess what? The Word of God remains in you. Remains in you. And you will be able to say even within your heart, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You'll be able to do that. Because the Word of God is alive. Even in your death, it remains alive. The sword of the Spirit is this. When death comes, you can take out the sword, the gleaming, glistering, glittering sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and you can unsheath it in your heart and say, He hath told me, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. When your eyes are closing in death, you will be able to say, Jesus, you said, Lo, I am with you always. You have told me, neither let myself be afraid. You have said, Jesus, your word, your sword says this when death comes. And maybe your mind, you're thinking, oh, there's a gripping fear might come as I pass through this veil. You will be able to say, hold on a wee second, devil. You're not taking me at this time because Christ has promised he says, Thou art mine. I will never let you go. And you'll be able to say, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also, even in the veil of death. Whatever enemy comes against you, 
the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You can sword fence with the devil, and every time you use this sword, you will cut him to bits. You'll cut him asunder because it is the Word of God. It is written, devil. Jesus, strike one. Just jot these down and read them when you go home. Strike one is in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3. In Luke chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Jesus answering said, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by... What is that? Come on, let the devil hear it. By... Come on, shout it. By... By every word. By every word of what? By every word of God, not by every word of Pastor Ken Davidson or this preacher or this shore road boy from the back streets. This Belfast boy. No, 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 no. By every word of God. Strike two, you'll find... In Deuteronomy chapter 6, you'll actually find it twice, but really you'll find it in verse 16. And it's worded slightly different, but the idea is found here then, as Jesus says to him in verse 4, or pardon me, verse 7, pardon me, verse 8, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Who have you to serve? The Lord thy. Are you allowing the devil to stir up your heart and your feelings and your mind and your thoughts and your worries? And you start serving him. You start dancing to his tune. You start walking holding his hand. He's not God of your life, Christian. Maybe if you're not saved, that's what he's doing. But you're, he's not God of your life, Christian. He hasn't the power over you. You're a child of God. He's no authority, no right, no privilege to come into your life. You're a child of God. Um, you'll find uh, then that in Deuteronomy 6 and 16. And thirdly, you find in Deuteronomy 6 and verse 13. The devil comes and says to him in verse 10, For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dost thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Has anybody seen the video clip recently of the guy, the snake handler, cowboy church, and I think it was Texas? Anybody see that? And so what they had was that there are these boys who they take literally, you know, you shall, you shall uh, uh, pick up serpents and they shall not hurt thee and all this sort of stuff. So they, these guys in church actually take out a box of rattlesnakes and they, they preach with them in their hands. So there's this man who got bitten by one of them and died. So his son took it up and there's a video clip online. This is just recently. And he's tempting the Lord as God. He has this snake in his hand and his father had died, and he's preaching away, I'm not afraid of this snake, blah, 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 and the snake bites him on the ear. Next thing he goes, it's all right, he says, it's not going to hurt me. Next thing he's carried out like this on the way to hospital. Because he's twisting the word of God. Doesn't even necessarily mean, I'll have to teach you on that another time, that those snakes are literal snakes. 
know why St. Patrick cast all the snakes out of Ireland? Allegedly. You know, it may not even be literal snakes that people even are thinking about. Or the truth of that. Snakes who were people. He put them out for their actions. Off their father, the devil. Serpentine snakes. Anyway, that's something else for some other time. So let me finish with this. Only got one point done. That was bar- in fact, in fact, I didn't because my point one is spiritually and I haven't got that yet. <laughs> this is part two of the introduction. Notice. And here's a, here's a rule of thumb for all of us. Whether that be in the gifts of the Spirit, prophecy or tongue interpretation, word of knowledge and so on, or even just as people speak one to another and talk about things, or whether that be in the preaching of the word. Listen, this is what I've written. What does not agree with Scripture does not come from God. What does not agree with Scripture does not come from God. So, brothers and sisters, when we're sword fencing, we're using the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And if any of it does not come from the Scripture, it is not the Word of God. If it doesn't agree with Scripture, don't listen to it. 